morning, everyone, and welcome into Wake and Take. It's your boy, Jason, and we have some football to talk about today. We're going to preview tonight's Thursday night football, as well as cover some of the biggest stories from around the league from yesterday, maybe the day before as well, as we had a guest yesterday just kind of talking about the season in general. But football is going to be talked about. It's going to be fun. It's going to be great. So why don't we sit back, relax, sip our coffee, and enjoy the show. see let's see how should we start things off today let's go ahead and start with let's start with jonathan taylor it has been reported that he still does not want to play football for the indianapolis colts he still wants to play football and you know posted the video that he's out there at the colts uh, practice facility doing some running and stuff but he still does not want to play for the colts per the latest report this one i found on bleacher report uh i don't know what's gonna happen here I hate this situation. If I'm going to be totally honest with you, I really hate this situation. I wish he would just suck it up and play. Because to be completely honest, he's lost all leverage at this point. Zach Moss has played so well. Zach Moss in his two games. His first game, he had 107 yards and a touchdown off of 22 touches. And last week, he had 145 yards and a touchdown off of 32 touches. He's second in opportunity share, has the 11th most breakaway runs, is eighth in route participation, and is ninth in rush yards, and eighth in touchdowns off of only two games and a three-game so far season. So Zach Moss playing really, really well. And he's taken this leverage away from Jonathan Taylor. And if Jonathan Taylor really doesn't want to play for the Colts, I really don't know what to tell him. Because either he's going to come back and have a role, or there's going to come back and he's just not going to have a role because the front office is mad at him. Uh, this is, I don't want to speculate too much on this. I don't have any actual information. I have no idea what's going to happen. I would capitalize on this uncertainty as a, as a, as a betting man, maybe. I, I would probably be sending out offers for Jonathan Taylor still. I do expect him to return and play football, and I would hope that he returns and plays at a high level considering the way Zach Moss has been playing on this team. But you never know, and you never know if he's going to be traded. You just have no idea what's going to happen here. So it's a really, really tough situation, but if you can get him for a good price, I think that's fine. And ultimately, I do think he'll be back, but he's lost his leverage. So he's either got to play for the Colts or he's playing somewhere else. He's not getting that contract he wants, plain and simple. Also, Sam Howell this week had a really bad game. He had a really bad game, but he had an interview and he said, I don't make excuses for myself. I expect to play much better than I played Sunday. The team and organization deserves for me to play much better. I can't make the excuse I'm young. The team we're playing doesn't care and the scoreboard doesn't care. This comes after he had two decent games. The first week he scored 16 fantasy points. The next time he scored 21, he had had three touchdowns and only one interception. He had thrown for almost four or over almost. Yeah, he's thrown for 500 yards before that. But then he comes out against the Buffalo Bills, throws for 170, zero touchdowns and four interceptions, a terrible, terrible performance. And one of my concerns with that is that, you know, the, the Buffalo Bills found something. Right? And, th and that they know how to attack Sam Howell and that defenses do it against Sam Howell for the time being until he figures it out. And I mean, there's really not much to like about Sam Howell except for a few things uh, because he's leading the league right now in danger plays. He's leading the league right now in interceptable passes. However, you know, he is also second in the league in money throws, so he's still being accurate. And he's leading the league in deep ball completion accuracy and is also eighth in pressured completion percentage. So he's sort of doing okay in certain metrics, uh, but for the most part, he's not doing that well. He's outside of the top 20 in most metrics, 
uh, and uh, those those turnovers, right? The, the four interceptions and zero touchdowns against the Buffalo Bills, just terrible. So he has to stop turning the ball over first. And secondly, he's got to start scoring some more points if he wants to keep this job because Jacoby Brissett is at least serviceable behind him and not going to turn the ball over too much. And if he really doesn't start to show some flashes, they could start to go to Brissett and look towards the future and, and maybe a quarterback in the draft, especially if they're not going to win many more games. So I do like to see, though, with that quote that Sam Howell is, you know, accepting blame, taking accountability. And hopefully, you know, that shows that he has the right head on his shoulders and has the attitude to go out there and perform better going forward. So watch Sam Howell this week. It's a big test. Next up, let's talk a little bit about Derrick Henry because it's being weird. The Derrick Henry situation this season has been strange. Derrick Henry so far is only averaging 3.2 yards per carry, which is his lowest ever. And he's been out-snapped by Tajay Spears in two out of the three games so far. I will say last week, last week he only had 11 carries for 20 yards. This came after he had had a limited practice, picked up an injury over the week. And so it makes sense, especially given the fact that they were down so much and the Titans offense looked so bad. It makes sense that they rested him a bit here. So I'm not going to, you know, sound the panic too much. You know, two points is a bad performance, but I do think in a better game script against a, a, a easier defense than the Cleveland Browns, Derrick Henry is still Derrick Henry. We saw it the week before. He had 25 carries and three receptions, finished the day with 95 yards and a touchdown. And in week one, he had 119 yards as well. So I still do think Derrick Henry is Derrick Henry and that this Cleveland game was just a fluke and an accident. And hopefully he gets to gets to be Derrick Henry going forward. His efficiency has dropped off for sure. He's 112th in EPA. He's 24th in production premium, but he is still eight in yards created. He's first in yards per reception, and he still has um, 160 rush yards through really the two games. We're, we're going to not really count this third one. So I do think Derrick Henry's going to be fine, guys. Go ahead and send out some offers for Derrick Henry. The offense will start to look better. And when they finally do bench Ryan Tannehill, I think it's wheels up for Derrick Henry and this Titans team. Next up, let's talk about Justin Fields a little bit because, well, he's been awful. But it really might not be just him to blame. Uh, Kyle Sloter, who's a former undrafted free agent quarterback in the NFL, he played for the Vikings, now plays for the USFL uh, for the Stallions. He's a quarterback who does film analysis on YouTube, and he was planning to do a video on Justin Fields, and this was his tweet. Disclaimer, for my next video, I fully intended on breaking down Justin Fields and the Bears and blaming Fields for the horrendous outing I watched unfold on my TV. However, after watching the film, it's very hard for me to blame Fields, and having been in this spot myself, I wish I had someone in the media to speak the truth about what's going on, so I will. First and foremost, the Bears receivers should be ashamed. Literally, no one creates separation or makes any plays downfield on 50-50 balls. On TV, it looks like Fields holds the ball forever, but in reality, there's just not a soul open. There were three times in the game that I wish Fields would have checked the ball down faster, but for 90% of the game, I'm sure he feels helpless back there. And secondly, the coaching staff is running some of the most bland and predictable concepts I've ever seen from an NFL team. And there's also a lack of execution. There's no motioning from the receivers. They're not lining up in the right spots. Running backs aren't getting out in their routes fast enough, and there's been a questionable protection scheme. Now, I'm not saying Fields is playing phenomenal and is blameless, but there's a reason he's been wanting to pass blame and has had to go retract his statements. He feels helpless, and I don't blame him. I firmly believe if you put Josh Allen, Tua, Patrick Mahomes, or Purdy in this system, they wouldn't be playing that well either. Keep the faith. 
It's just not this year. So this guy is saying that and pointing out a lot of good things that, you know, the Bears are just sucking all around Justin Fields and he can't take all the blame. And I'm with it. Has Justin Fields looked bad? Yes. But is there so many other factors going against him right now that he can turn it around? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. He's still a baller and a very athletic football player. I think that there are better days ahead for Justin Fields. I'm still buying him. It might take some time. And this game, this weekend against the Broncos, this is the real test. If he still can't get it done, he's going to go to a new team and the Bears are going to tear it down. But there's still one more week here for it to turn around. And I do still think even if Justin Fields isn't a Bear, he's still going to go somewhere where he's the quarterback one and he's still fantasy football relevant. So I'm sending out some offers for Justin Fields right now. I do think that there are better days ahead. Um, For sure. For sure, for sure. Chef points out the Bears aren't an NFL team in the year 2023. This is so true. It, it, it's very, very true. And he also says that while we're on Derrick Henry, that he saw Derrick Henry go for Kareem Hunt and a third. That's just ridiculous. That proves my point. Go by Derrick Henry right now. And will the Titans trade King Henry before the deadline? It depends on their record. But I do think that the Mike Vrabel philosophy uh, is that they will continue to try to win, continue to try to eke out some playoff games. So hopefully they move on from Tannehill soon because he looks like the main issue here. He's playing terribly. Next up, let's talk about Devon Achain and Kenneth Walker to an extent. Kenneth Walker and Devon Achain were our offensive players of the week last week. They both had fantastic games. Devon Achain, of course, 233 all-purpose yards and four touchdowns. And Kenneth Walker also had a really good game on the NFC side, 97 rush yards, 59 receiving yards, and two touchdowns. Both of these guys, A-Chain and Kenneth Walker, fantastic weeks last week. So I just want to give them a round of applause. Congratulations on winning player of the week in your respective conferences. I don't want to spend too much time on A-Chain. We've talked about him a lot this week. He's phenomenal. Looks great. I want to talk a little bit about Kenneth Walker because I feel like he's been sneakily good and overproducing his ADP. Uh, First off, he's number seven in points per game right now. And secondly, he hasn't scored less than 10 points yet. 10.7, 18.4, and 30.6 points last week. He's playing really, really well. You look at the efficiency, third in EPA, third in dominator rating, 10th in yards created, second in evaded tackles, ninth in juke rate, 11th in breakaway runs, 6th in yards per reception, ninth in receiving yards, and he's third in red zone touches. All of the opportunity is there for Kenneth Walker, and I expect it to continue. Those of you who took him in the fifth round where he was sometimes going, congratulations. That was a ridiculous value. He's looking like the stud bell cow running back that we all knew he was, and that's just fantastic to see. So shout out Kenneth Walker. Next up, Desmond Ritter. My boy Desmond Ritter has been basically abysmal, and it pisses me off. I really thought he could have and should have done a little bit better than what he's doing with these weapons around him, but it's just not happening. It's just not happening. Sam Monson on Twitter from PFF points out, Desmond Ritter has the most turnover-worthy plays in the NFL through three games. He has seven turnover plays already that didn't turn into a turnover. 23 quarterbacks below him have attempted more passes than him. So Desmond Ritter is not doing well. He has the second most danger plays, the third most interceptable passes. And you can look at some efficiency stuff as well. 33rd in true passer rating, 32nd in QBR, 18th in EPA, 22nd in production premium, but everything else really is there for, for the team, right? I mean, it's it's weird. Kyle Pitts is getting open. Drake London's getting open. And Desmond Ritter is just not doing well at all. He can't throw the ball far. And when he does, he's missing the receivers. Uh, it's really not pretty. But unfortunately, 
the Falcons are going to keep winning football games. And so Desmond Ritter is probably going to stay the starter longer than we want him to. Am I still sending out offers for Taylor Heineke? Yes, because injuries can happen. But I still don't think Desmond Ritter is going to get benched unless he has like a like a Sam Howell type game where he throws zero touchdowns, has four interceptions, uh, and they look awful. But even last week when they looked awful, he at least didn't turn the ball over. So it's it's just really strange. He's keeping the offense in check. Uh, and hopefully last week against the Lions was just a bad one. You know, hopefully he plays more like he did uh, against the Packers. But things are not looking pretty for Desmond Ritter for sure. And I'm definitely starting to panic a little bit because it's 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 not good. It's not good. Those are my news stories I have for you guys. Why don't we do a little ad break here real quick, and then we'll talk about we'll talk about Thursday night football. We'll talk about Thursday night football. Here you go. All right, I want to take a moment today to talk to you about data analysis. The data analysis tool, we listened to the users. What do you want? What do you need? And we made it happen. We added popular reports like a fantasy scoring report, air yards report. And if you want to create a new report, but you don't necessarily want to look through every field, we have quick results. Hey, show me the most popular passing data. Show me the most popular rushing data, fantasy data. Done. And the thing just is much faster than it's ever been. And the report builder got a lot easier. I mean, check this out. We break it down into offense, defense. Show me just fantasy data elements. And then when you get results, hey, show me by draft year. Let's take a look at just certain players that played a certain number of snaps or a certain number of games last year. This is the tool that so many of you have been asking for, plus a bunch of dream features that Billy wanted and Cody wanted and I wanted and Dario wanted. So go to the fantasy tools section, click on data analysis, or go to playerprofiler.com slash data dash analysis. Go get those tools, guys. They just dropped to $30. We've lowered the price of the all-in package. We've lowered the price of the individual packages. Go check that out on playerprofiler.com. The all-in package has dropped $60 down to $85 now. And with my promo code, Jason, you can use the promo code Jason, You'll get ten dollars off, which go which which helps me a lot. So thank you so much. If you do that, go get the all-in package. Go get the individual packages as well. If you don't want the whole thing, well, let's talk about Thursday night football. We have a, we have a good one tonight. The Lions and the Packers. I'm excited for this. This is the Lions' second Thursday night football game already this season, um, and I, I really think it's going to be a fun one. We've got some great stories right now. The Lions are favored by one and a half points. They're the road favorite, so they are heading out to Green Bay, and Vegas has a 46 point total projected i think that's fair um the it's a divisional game and both of these offenses have looked electric so far and christian watson is returning and aaron jones is expected to return and david montgomery is expected to return for this game so lots of offensive help coming back for both of these offenses that i think some points could be scored i'm excited about it i think this is going to be a really fun game i think this will I will take the lines. I will agree with the with Vegas here. I, I think that they're just a better all-around football team, even going on the road. I, I think it'll be very close. I think we're looking at a game that comes down to the very last second here. I think, I think we'll see a Detroit Lions game-winning field goal within the last 30 seconds to win 27-24. That's my score prediction. Uh, and I see this a lot. I see this question a lot. Are you comfortable starting Christian Watson today? And my answer is yes. I'm 100% starting uh, comfortable starting Christian Watson today. Now, if you have better options, you know, you don't have to, but can he be flexed? And could he be, you know, wide receiver two, wide receiver three this week on your lineup easily? And I'm starting him. The last time he played in the regular season was coincidentally enough against the Lions. It was week 18 last year. He played the Lions. He had five receptions. He had 104 yards. And it's also just important to remember the stretch on he went last year. 
33 points, 21 points, 21 points, 25 points, 9 points, 11 points, 2 points, and then right back to 17 points. He was phenomenal. He had 6 touchdowns off of 11 receptions at one point. He tied Randy Moss's record for touchdowns and uh, over 3 games with 8 touchdowns across 3 games. Christian Watson is just so electric that you have to fit him into your lineup if you have it. You just have to. You've got to figure out a way to do it. You've got to. Some other fun things to note about this is that uh, Detroit is the ninth best team against wide receivers so far, the 14th best against quarterback, 15th against running backs, and 32nd against tight end. So we could be seeing another Sam Laporta game here based on how they're playing against tight ends right now. Now, Kyle Pitts didn't have a big game, but that was a Kyle Pitts thing. This was when we started to see Jonu Smith break out. So I do think this could be another Sam Laporta game. I was expecting this to be a Jameer Gibbs game, but it is looking like David Montgomery will be back out there. So I don't think that volume is going to be there yet again for Gibbs. We're looking at a buy window uh, before the game and hopefully a buy window after the game if you want to get really, really sneaky, especially with David Montgomery returning. But I still do think I'm going to call it here on this episode. Jameer Gibbs gets his first career touchdown this week against the Packers. And it's going to be a 40-yard receiving touchdown. It's going to be special. So I think that it could be a Sam Laporta game. I think Jameer Gibbs gets his first touchdown. And then, of course, you've still got to start your golf. You've got to start your Amon Ross St. Brown for sure. And for the Packers, they're 25th against running backs, 7th against wide receivers, 18th against tight ends, and 16th against quarterback. I've got to fix myself. It, it would be the Luke Musgrave game because the Lions were 32nd against tight end. So we're looking at a Luke Musgrave game here and probably – Still going back to Jameer Gibbs. I always forget when I'm reading these stats. It's the other way around. Detroit being 32nd against tight end means it's good for Green Bay. So actually, Luke Musgrave game and look for Jameer Gibbs to still score his touchdown as the Packers are 25th against running backs. And I also just, like I said, you've got to start Jerry Goff. You've got to start him on round. You're starting Jameer Gibbs. Um, I'm probably not starting David Montgomery, though. I'm probably not. I think that they will not give him the full workload. I think we're looking at 10 carries max and maybe a touchdown for David Montgomery, not expecting a ton of usage here. The big thing to watch, of course, is going to be how is Josh Reynolds and Khalif Raymond still heavily utilized? That's what I want to watch today uh, for sure. So I think that the Lions are going to be good. I think they'll win this game. And for the Packers, it looks like you're going to be starting Luke Musgrave as the Lions are 32nd against tight ends. You've, of course, got to start J Jordan Love. And I'm starting Christian Watson. And I think it's okay to bench Jaden Reed. It's okay to bench Romeo Dubs. Uh, because we don't know what their usage is going to look like with Christian Watson's return. And Detroit has been good against wide receivers so far, being ninth against them. So um, I'm starting Christian Watson. If I have him, I am going to be benching Romeo Dubs and Jaden Reed. This is a big game for Jaden Reed, though, because this is the first time we'll see him as the wide receiver three, which I think could be interesting, right? We could find him in some, in some really positive situations against easy coverage getting open. So um, Jaden Reed might be a sneaky DFS play. I think Luke Musgrave is as well. And of course, I'm starting Christian Watson, but I think this might be a week to sit Romeo Dubs because I just don't know what kind of usage he's going to get. I have some underdog picks for you guys, and then I have my DraftKings lineup. Last week, I didn't show you guys this. I won money on both of them, so I should have showed you. Now I'm going to go back to doing it. Sorry for not doing it last week. Hopefully, this is good for you guys this time. I am taking Christian Watson over 37 and a half receiving yards on underdog. I think that's an easy one. That's only going to take one catch for him. I think that's a smash pick. I do think Jared Goff will score at least two passing touchdowns. So I'm taking the over on one and a half. And since I think this game will be a shootout or at least, you know, a high scoring, decent offensive match, I do think that Amon Ross St. Brown could eclipse the nine targets. I think we could be looking at 10 to 11 here. 
Uh, and Dontavian Wicks, lower than 16 and a half receiving yards. I just saw it there with Christian Watson returning. I, I don't really see Wicks getting that much volume, and I especially don't see him getting that big of a chunk play. And so I'm going to take the lower here and be sweating all night long. And my DraftKings lineup. My DraftKings lineup, I probably need to change it because I made this under the impression that David Montgomery was going to be out. But I made Jameer Gibbs my captain. I don't think many people are going to do that. I think that's a fun way to kind of differentiate yourself from the field. Um, but David Montgomery's back, so I'm a little less confident in that play now. Amon Ross St. Brown, I'm of course fitting in there. Jordan Love, I'm throwing in there. I didn't put Jared Goff because I, I felt like um, I, I felt like I would be getting enough points off Gibbs and Amon Ra and maybe Khalif Raymond. As you guys see, I snuck him in there. And then I snuck Samari Torre in there. Him and Tucker Craft are kind of the cheap ones I'm looking at. No one else under $1,000 really looks that tantalizing to me. Samari Torre was pretty good in college, actually has the record for most receiving yards in a game. And we've seen him get a couple catches that I, you know, it's possibly gets like a touchdown or something, or even just easily outperform that 600 if he can get himself up to three points. I'm happy there. And of course, I'm throwing Christian Watson in there. He's cheaper than Romeo Dubs right now. So I feel like you have to throw Christian Watson in there. And it's possible that people are scared to do it. So I think that's another way you can kind of differentiate yourself by throwing Christian Watson into your lineup. So guys, those are my fun little picks. That's my Thursday night preview. Let's check it out. It looks like I have some questions here in the chat. Good call on Watson. Love can land one D ball for TD and worth the play on one. Yep. Yep. That's exactly my thinking. I, that's exactly my thinking. You think the Packers will win? I think that's fair. The Lions defense has slowed down, as you point out, Chef. So I do think that's fair. I mean, the Packers can definitely pull this out. That's the beauty of divisional games, right? I mean, anyone can win. I just do want to take the Lions. Um, Scott asked, are you posting your underdog picks? Yes, I am. Yes, I am. <laughs> I just did. Should you trade Najee Harris and Christian Kirk for Brandon Ayuk? No, definitely not. I honestly don't even think I would do Christian Kirk for Brandon Ayuk. I know Brandon Ayuk had a really big week one, and it's looking like Brock Purdy really liked him, but I just, when I view these 49ers, it's a different one every single week, and I'm never actually comfortable with Brandon Ayuk in my lineup. I'm really not, and I do think Najee Harris turns it around. Um, let's see. If Watson is back, won't that push Wicks to the bench? Yeah, exactly. That's why I was like, I'm going to take the under here. I don't know why Dontavian Wicks uh, has such a high receiving total. I felt like 17 and a half yards is a pretty, is a pretty, pretty decent one. Uh, Anthony says, switch the Wicks under for Musgrave over. I'll look into it. I'll look into it. And finally, DeAndre Swift, Gus Edwards, Drake London, Fred Warner for Travis Etienne and David Montgomery. Who wins the trade? Uh, in Dynasty, I'm going to say the Drake London, DeAndre Swift side wins the trade uh, because Fred Warner is also a pretty good IDP player uh, and will score you a lot of points. But, I mean, getting Travis Etienne for that price, you can't complain. Travis Etienne's looking like a true bell cow right now attached to a great Jaguars offense. So this is a decent price to pay for Travis Etienne and to get David Montgomery on top. That's pretty good, too. I'd say if you're more win now and, you know, you don't want to the rebuilding pieces, I think you could lock, latch on to Travis Etienne and David Montgomery because both are going to be pretty startable week in, week out. And I think I actually saw one more trade question. Sorry about this. Justin Jefferson, Javante Williams, Samaje P. Ryan, Gabe Davis for Mike Evans, Saquon Barkley, Rashad White, and Sean Tucker. I'm going to take the Justin Jefferson side every single week. I honestly feel like you should have to pay Mike Evans, Saquon Barkley, Rashad White, and Sean Tucker for Justin Jefferson alone. So to get Javante Williams and a couple other fun pieces, that's a good trade for you. I, I'm, I'll, I'll take the Justin Jefferson side. All right, guys. That was my Thursday show. Thank you all for tuning in to Wake and Take. This was another fun one. You guys have been a great audience yet again. 
This was Jason. This was Wake and Take. We've got football tonight. So I'll see you all tomorrow with some takeaways from that. And then as we'll also preview Sunday's game, make sure I see you all tomorrow at 10 a.m. on this YouTube channel, on this Facebook, on this Instagram. I'll see you all later. Have a terrific Thursday and a wonderful rest of your week. Peace.